0: Hello there, welcome to the 94th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eaddy. And alongside me, I have my co-host and the Gentleman Pirate, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? How does it go?
1: Arrrr, not too shabby, General Kenobi. How art thou? I'm doing okay. Is something wrong with your throat? No, you said that I was a pirate, so that was my pirate impersonation. You're the Gentleman Pirate. Arrrr, I'm a pirate, but still a gentleman. Let me open this door for you. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: it's a terrible impression thanks but also maybe one day you'll get that reference but today alas based on your response i fear you did not i didn't it is what it is adrian it is what it is how was your week my friend how was your week
1: oh it was all right simon ed uh not too much going on man i made uh i made pulled pork the other day wow just in the slow cooker nothing crazy man i i i, I could have done uh, like i have I have like a charcoal grill that can be used as a smoker as well. But I didn't do it in that because I just like got it all prepped, like the pork shoulder prepped and tossed in my slow cooker before work. Came home. Baby, I got pulled pork ready for me. You know what I mean?
0: Wow. Mm, yeah. it's incredible. How's your week? Uh, it was okay, man. Yeah. You know, it was just okay. Just okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it is what it is.
1: I hope one of these days you come on this podcast and you go, my week was good, you know? Mm. Or like, I'm doing well. Well, at least it wasn't bad. Yeah, at least it wasn't bad. That's true. That's true.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a start.
1: I agree. But you know what is bad, Simon? What? I've said it many times, and I'll say it again, method acting, Simon. I'm not a fan of it. And nor is Mads Mikkelson. Mikkelson? Mikkelson? Mads? Mads Mickelson?
0: It's Mads Mickelson, yes. Sorry, are you going to continue from there? or?
1: Yeah, so uh, Mads Mickelson also doesn't like it, which is, uh, which is cool. I like him <laughs> for saying that. So he recently uh, had an interview with GQ from the U- United Kingdom, Simon. And uh, on the topic of method acting, he, he really just said it's bullshit. Um, preparation you can take into insanity. Like when he was talking about method acting. What if it's a shit film, Morbius? <clears throat> uh, what do you think you achieved? Am I impressed that you didn't drop character? You should have dropped it from the beginning. How do you prepare for a serial killer, question mark? You going to spend two years checking it out, question mark, he says. Which is funny because, uh, again, we've talked about a bunch, about you know Jared Leto method acting on uh, the set of Morbius um, and how kind of uh, annoyed I was about it. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's nice that more and more actors are kind of coming out and just talking shit about method acting, you know what I mean, man? Because hmm. I think it's uh, – I don't think it necessarily works all the time. It's – I've kind of – I've been thinking a little bit because I feel like the view on method acting has changed quite dramatically to even like I would say a few years ago, like half a decade or so. And I think – Because, you know, you had these amazing actors like Daniel Day-Lewis who would method act all all the time. And, you know, he's known as one of the best actors, right? Yeah. Um, But I think in recent years, I think arguably since Suicide Squad with Jared Leto, you know, sending his co-workers condoms and shit, I think he's really at fault for kind of ruining that sort of perception of method acting. I don't know if you agree about that, but I feel like there has been a genuine shift in, in people's outlook on method acting in general. Hmm.
0: Maybe. I don't agree with you. I don't think um, method acting is bad, as you just stated. Mm. You said you don't like method acting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there is a shift in people's view of it, but uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is arguably maybe the best actor ever. Ever? Wow.
1: You know? I don't know. Um, it's one of the greats, you would say.
0: If you're saying, like, male actor, maybe the greatest actor ever is Meryl Streep in general.
1: But I think she's overrated, honestly.
0: But, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, but um, but Daniel Day Lewis is truly amazing mm-hmm. in every role he's in. He's completely changed. He's he's a he's a very much a chameleon actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't recall. Maybe there were at the time, but I don't remember that many people complaining about uh, Daniel Day Lewis being an asshole as mm-hmm. a method actor. Yeah, and that was the that sentiment that you brought up before. Is that you know people don't really. Uh, play they don't they they don't do method acting if they're not playing an asshole yeah and uh i don't think that's true i feel like daniel every daniel Day lewis character was not an asshole but he method acted in every role Mm -hmm. so i don't think i don't know I i feel like if you're doing it properly if you're not uh super egotistical and you just care about your craft then your method of uh of acting whether it be going on set and just like suddenly empathizing and being the character mm-hmm. like uh, a Leonardo DiCaprio type actor uh, or going on set like Daniel, Daniel day Lewis and just suddenly kind of, we well, not suddenly, but over time becoming a character and really going home with that, that, that character that you are now in the shoes of. Mm-hmm. I think that those, there's a space for both as long as you are not a dick because in the end you are, still the person that you are like Mm -hmm. you, you you go home or go to the McDonald's drive-thru or go to a restaurant or go shopping. You're still Daniel day Lewis. You're still Jared Leto at the end of the day. So if you're a dick, no one cares if you're playing a character like, well, it's my job. Like, no, no, it's not. It's you're in a shopping mall, Jared Mm -hmm. tone it down, bro. So anyways, that's my two cents. I think there's a, there's a place for everything. And it's kind of what uh, Daniel Espinoza said. Although, I don't know if I should listen to that guy that too much because mm-hmm. he didn't make the greatest movie um, in Morbius, but uh, but he did say that yeah. there's a spot like he's he's very tolerant of various actors and their methods mm-hmm. and, and their their you know modus operand operandi or whatever.
1: Yeah, de- definitely modus operandis. Anyways, that's that's yeah. my two cents. Fair enough. Fair enough, Simon. I still don't really like it, and I'm glad more and more actors are coming out being like this is dumb. But I mean. I guess I do kind of agree with you in some sense. Yeah, like, again, there were no stories coming out about Daniel Day-Lewis. And wasn't it, didn't Benedict Cumberpatch also uh, method act for Power of the Dog? Am I remembering that correctly? Or am I making that up?
0: Um, He sort of did. So there was a thing with, um, so Benedict Cumberbatch's character and Kirsten Dunst's character in Power of the Dog are at odds. And so they both kind of played it off where they didn't see each other uh, offset for the entire or even on set, like out of character for the entire duration of the filming of the movie mm-hmm. because their characters are at odds. So it didn't make sense in their mind that the actors themselves would see each other. So they were trying to create a bit of a, like a a gap, but that's kind of mild if you think about it. Yeah. I don't know if they actually, I don't think either of them went into anything else. Like they didn't really, you know, try to go to the extremes of like, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: living on a ranch or something Yeah, for the, duration of the movie oh actually you know what um that's not true kind of it's kind of true that they like Benedict Cumberbatch did live on a ranch for a bit actually that happened oh. in Montana I believe he lived on a ranch but he really was just trying to get not necessarily get into character but learn how you would be a ranch hand like how would you learn how, how would you live on a ranch like for real mm-hmm. so I did hear him say that on I think it was Jimmy Kimmel Live he was being interviewed, interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel, and he had mentioned that. But That's cool, but I feel like, again, not really the same. I didn't hear of him, you know, he's kind of a dick in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Ben Batch's character is not the nicest guy. Uh, so, I feel like I don't remember anybody complaining about that. Whereas, it feels like every single movie that Jared Leto is in, he's complained about in some way or another. Mm-hmm. He has to use a wheelchair to go to the bathroom. In on the on the set of Morbius, Adrian's favorite film,
1: which was a Morbiusly good time. In it's quite a Morbius.
0: Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He pretended to be blind and he needed a, an assistant oh to God. to do uh. basic functions. In Suicide Squad, he required um, I don't know psychiatric help. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he, he he required. The HR team to maybe yeah. take a bit, bit of a heavier hand? I'm not sure what happened mm. there. But he just uh, he mailed people a bunch of things that seemed very inappropriate for a workplace. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. For, what did he do for uh, We Crashed? That's my question. I don't know. The, the Apple TV Plus uh, series about the WeWork situation. That's my question.
1: I Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. Because I- that guy's a pretty...
0: He's an egotist. That character apparently. Yeah. So hmm. I don't know. But anyways, I think there's a time and a place for these options. But I just you have to you have to still be appropriate because you're at work you're, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, honestly, anyway, yeah. No, honestly, you're you're 100 right because like it's just I, I've mentioned this many times. If I, I went to work and I sent one of my coworkers like used condoms, I would be um, possibly imprisoned. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's just the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Did that him. actually happen though?
1: That's yeah, I think I think that was a thing. No, I don't know. Maybe it just got blown. I don't know, but he was sending random shit. Like he was sending people rats and stuff. Didn't he?
0: I don't remember no. the used condom part. I think it was just maybe just condoms. I don't no. think it were used. Hmm. I don't know. It Seems extreme. Like you say that, and I'm like I'm like shocked that he didn't get into more trouble for that because I feel like that is sexual yeah. harassment.
1: So yeah, so J- Jared Leto denies sending condoms to Suicide Squad cast. That's from the the Independent. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, it wasn't him. It was the Joker.
1: Yeah, it was the Joker. Uh, wasn't me. Oh yeah, and he like sent anal beads and shit like that. Did he do
0: that though? I don't know. He's a flip floppy. I know he sent a rat to Margot Robbie because it, but it was a live rat. Yeah. Because he had it through the duration of the filming, according to Margot Robbie, on another interview. So I feel like, he, I don't know, Like it was just blown out of proportion. And I don't know. It's, Anyways. Yeah. He sucks. But he does have a cult, though. I'm pretty sure that's true. It is
1: true, Simon. It is true. Yeah. I looked it up after yeah. we talked about it last episode. I was so certain about that. Yeah. I'm glad you looked it up, and I'm glad we, we could corroborate that story. It's
0: a pretty weird situation there. But
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah.
0: You know who doesn't have a cult, Adrian, as far as I know? Who? Pedro Pascal. Oh, thank God he doesn't. Actor Pedro Pascal from The from the Mandalorian, yeah. who's a great actor and is, of course, going to play Joel in the upcoming The Last of Us TV series on HBO, mm-hmm. which which I know you're very excited about. So You are too, aren't you? No, no. Just you, I know you're upset. Uh, upset uh, about uh, it? Excited about it? Yeah. Was I saying upset? There's no one upset about this.
1: No, no, I'm very excited. I'm upset about it, dude. I'm so freaking upset. You don't even know it. And you know what? I, you want to know what I'm upset about, Simon? This is a segue, I'm sure. About it? Yeah. Just a really heavy-handed segue. Yeah. It is. Go on. Uh, is that Pedro Pascal most recently had an interview with GQ magazine as well? Two back-to-back GQ magazine gentlemen. Wow, busy club or whatever it's called (laughs) are you serious uh i don't know what the cheeky (laughs) that's
0: what you think it stands for gentleman's club yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it was initially actually initiated uh gq by the way by uh, uh television character elmer fudd i don't know if you know that
1: no i didn't actually that's pretty wild a gentleman's gentleman's club yeah that's good to know I'm glad I know this now. Yeah. It's a little piece of history. Yeah. Little piece of history. You're learning me something.
0: Yeah. Elmer Fudd. Good guy.
1: Um, but uh yeah, during an interview uh Pedro Pascal um had with GQ magazine, he mentioned that um he actually never played The Last of Us, um, which kind of uh, bummed me out. I I actually have the full um quotes and questions here. Um if you're he did play The Last of Us, but You you want me to read it all, Simon? Okay. I know he played it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it all for you, okay? Okay. So the GQ magazine guy is like, Oh, I'm the biggest fan of The Last of Us. Did you play the game? Question mark. And then Petro Pascal responded, It's so sad. I haven't any skill. I tried, you know, and then it was only a matter of minutes before I had to hand it over to my nephew. It really takes a specific kind of skill, and I don't have it. Then the GQ magazine dude asked him, Did you watch him play through the whole thing? And he responded, I watched for as long as I was able to that day, and then I had to leave to Florida. I found Joel so impressive. I found the whole of it such a visually impressive experience. And then I got worried that I would want to imitate too much, which I think could be right in some circumstances, and then a mistake in others. So I just wanted to create a healthy distance, and for this uh, and for that to be more in the hands of show co-writer Craig Mazin and game writer and show co-writer Neil Druckmann. Yeah, that, that's really the main uh, the main piece from that. And uh, I don't know, uh, like. Reading that, I, I. So he played it clearly for. He didn't play all of it. He played it for certainly. a couple minutes. He literally says a matter of minutes. Um, so. he well, So
0: not being able to play it shouldn't be a a requirement to play a character.
1: No, I, I agree completely. I just. Um, okay. I just find it odd that he didn't watch the whole thing. And I, I don't know. Initially, I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, like I want Joel to feel like Joel. And I think. It's an interesting uh, point that Pedro Pascal here is making that he that this show is 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 different from the game. It's obviously inspired by, it, but at the end of the day, he wants to follow what Neil Druckmann, funnily enough, the creator of the game, and Craig Mazin uh, has to or uh, wants to direct uh, him in a specific way, and he doesn't want to take too much of Troy Baker's performance, which is again, it, I'm at uh, I'm at odds with this sort of like thought. I because I want it to be. Like, I, wa- I don't want Joel to be a very different character in this show. But at the same time, I I respect Pedro Pascal's, you know, kind of point of view saying, like, hey, I should follow what the director is directing me to do. And ideally, the director, Craig Mazin, and, you know, Neil Druckmann know what they're doing, and they're going to make it faithful enough to the to the, the the video game itself. So, I don't know. What do you think about that, man?
0: I think it's uh, not, not a big deal. In fact, this is, uh, I don't know, something I kind of figured. Y- he's not he's not looking to imitate the character completely. Cause so I feel like, uh, that's, I don't know. I feel like a fool's errand, a fool. You, yeah. you find yourself in a spot where you can't completely be that character that exactly already exists mm-hmm. in a visual audio medium already. It already exists. So mm-hmm. why are we going to recreate the exact same character again? It doesn't make sense. You, ha- you have to put your own spin on it. It's an adaptation after all. Mm-hmm. And um, that's uh, i think important i don't know I, I feel like that's not uh that's not disputed by me neil Druckmann's in charge uh craig Mazin's in charge if if they thought it was important for him to play the whole thing or listen to, or maybe watch the whole thing and maybe they would have just made him do that but all he had to do is know his script and know his character and get inside that character empathetically because mm-hmm. that's his job as an actor him trying to imitate troy baker sounds like a dumb idea to me so again it's just uh they just play the game if you want to just if you want to see that same story again, just watch a playthrough on YouTube. Mm. No problem. That's, that's not what's going to happen here. And if they do that, I mean, I'm not that interested in this show. So if they're recreating the game uh, like scene for scene, shot for shot, ah, I'll just go play the game again. No problemo. I got a PlayStation queued up. Mm. No, no, uh, no issue for me. That's kind of my perspective there. But yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I, I get that, man i get that again at the end of the day like my my whole sort of perspective is like i'm just excited for this story to be brought to the screen so i can like show it to like my parents and stuff who will literally never watch uh, a youtube video playthrough of the last of us uh well they could why not they could i don't think they would ever um so uh, whereas they they'd be willing to watch uh, a show yeah i'm gonna show them the show but uh I still want it to be faithful to the source material material. Like I don't want the story to change too much. I want the relationship uh, between Joel and Ellie to stay very similar. Um, and yeah, that's my sort of point of view.
0: Don't get too, I feel like don't get too attached to it being the same. That's yeah. what, that would be my advice to you. Uh, you got to. You kind of have to let go. Cause I feel like what's going to end up happening is you're going to show it to your parents. You might watch it together and you're like, well, oh, that's not
1: how it is well i don't know i don't maybe but i think like regularly traditionally i'm pretty okay with like adaptations like i mentioned even like that netflix death note adaptation which everyone hates like i don't really mind that i don't think it's all that bad um like it's its own thing like i can i can separate um the source material from uh like the adaptation but i don't know the last of us just has like such a special place in my heart i think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for me to do that but I'll try my best for you, man. I'll try my best.
0: Okay. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. Good luck with that. Adrian, I have one show correction from last week that I'd like to make right now. It's more of a clarification. We talked about Michael Giacchino, composer. Michael Giacchino of Up, uh, composer of The Batman, composer of Lost. Some My favorite compositions, my favorite scores ever in movies or TV. He specifically is directing something, and you talked about this last week and how he's directing the Halloween special from Disney on Disney plus for like the mm-hmm. it's like kind a of Marvel Marvel Halloween special, yeah, and I just wanted to kind of clarify he is directing it. He is directing it somehow i don't I don't know I guess this is his directorial debut which is pretty neat and uh it's Gail Garcia Bernal I think we talked about this briefly because I do recall this a little bit mm-hmm. from uh, Mozart in the jungle it's the, the actor who's in Mozart in the jungle that Amazon series mm-hmm. Gail Garcia Bernal is the actor is, is like the main actor in that series and he's in this new werewolf by Night Halloween special mm. so it's the werewolf by night um comics series which yeah. i'm not i'm not familiar with barely at all me neither but it's interesting
1: yeah so um on the topic of that werewolf by night thing and i think it's the first episode of moon night or possibly the second episode of moon and i don't recall there is a point in the show where there's a qr code in an in the episode and if you actually scan that qr code it brings you to a link on marvel like a, on a marvel website which gives you access to a comic book simon and that comic book is actually Werewolf by Night. Hmm. Interesting. Fun little uh, Easter egg that I wanted to point out there. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Adrian. Cool. Cool. A nice little Easter egg for Easter weekend,
0: Simon. On the topic of Moon Knight, in some respect, let's reach into the mailbag Whoa. for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And longtime listener Kenneth Staddlebar wrote into us, and he said, Cinema files, a question. For the collective you this week, how much sloppy technique will you forgive if the story that is being told is good? I have seen some shows that have dodgy computer graphics that I overlooked because the story being told was interesting. And I've panned blockbusters with cutting edge effects just because the story was lacking or just a rehash of Fern Gully avatar. I personally find CG a poor substitute for makeup. I usually find it flat and lifeless. But I can't understand not scheduling 3-5 to hours per person on makeup, not counting the hours needed to cast life molds and sculpt prosthetic pieces. If you have the graphics people rendering in post, you aren't wasting an actor's time and energy doing something other than acting. But is achieving the narrative reason enough to excuse the technique used? The Fantastic Mr. Fox, from 2009, had a modest $40 million budget and told a fun story through obvious stop motion. The movie could have been rendered more smoothly using CGI, but would it have made it a better movie? Alternately, Suicide Squad, from 2016, had a $175 million budget, some fantastic makeup and special effects, but was a hot mess of a movie. What are your limits? Or does it have to be a balance? Personally, if Wes Anderson were to direct a puppet show, I would choose that over James Cameron's next $250 million blockbuster, even with its cutting edge effects. Knowing Anderson would tell a better story. The email here signed Kenneth with a added bonus quote (gasps) as usual. And that quote says, the older I get, the more I look at movies as a moving miracle. Audiences are harder to please if you're just giving them special effects, but they're easy to please if it's a good story. A quote by Steven Spielberg. Ah, yes, Adrian. What do you make of Ken's email here? I'm curious what you think of his his perspective. I've got a certain thing that I kind of thought of when I first read this. When he sent the email in, I'm curious what you what you think about it. Hmm. I
1: don't know. This is an interesting one. Um, I, I think this is a really compelling question that Ken kind of asks, and I I
0: should just. I feel like it's to preface this for those of the, of you out there audience that don't know Adrian, Adrian really hates bad CG in movies, mm-hmm. or at least you specifically uh, find all of the mistakes you find them. You can see them. It breaks your immersion mm-hmm. and you, it, it definitely bothers you. Yeah. But definitely. You definitely find all of this bad CG before I do, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to preface whatever you're about to say with that concept. Thank you for prefacing what I'm about to say. You're welcome. I'm just giving the audience some context, you know? Context is everything.
1: Much needed context, baby. But um, I don't know. This is a kind of a compelling question. I think for me, honestly, the biggest thing that um, – that- I would I would say pulls me out of of like a, a movie or a TV show when like the effects are bad is is inconsistency. Like I think a lot of the time I think Moon Knight is actually a prime example where the suit in Moon Knight and how it kind of goes around Oscar Isaac's body in the show looks really, really good, actually. I really like it. I think it looks quite awesome. But there is a like a like a, a car chase in that first episode, which looks like it was, you know edited on some guy's iphone using like a free app and it really took me out of it from that episode so that's that's ridiculous but yeah sure uh, um but for me so
0: that's the most exaggerated thing you could have possibly said (laughs) a free app i don't think so but okay
1: it's a free app there's ads ads in it though
0: i'd like to see you do that but but sure
1: I actually made a video a while back using one of those free apps and it was literally just a video of my dog just like walking in the uh, backyard and then um, like, there's a car chase. Up. There was no, a car chase and it was on a,
0: no. on a weird country
1: highway no it, just in my backyard and a plane flew by and just like shot a bomb and oh yeah <laughs> and it made my dog explode it's a quality oh, no. video um my dog's okay because it was just it was editing simon so no worries oh oh, thank god yeah. oh yeah no worries
0: you worried me there for a second i thought she was <sighs> gone poor ellie
1: i apologize it should have been more clear no it, this was uh, my old dog pepper back in the day oh um yeah and uh yeah good times man good times with that dog i love that guy um, and yeah, what was I talking about? <laughs> I just went off on a tangent talking about how I've you're just that talking way. about
0: salt the dog and how uh, she was no pepper. Oh, my mistake.
1: I'd never had a dog named salt, but when I got Tito, or when we got Tito, I feel like in hindsight it may have been better to name him salt just because we would have had salt and pepper. Yeah, it would have been. But alas, we uh stuck with Tito, named uh, he was named after the former Yugoslavian um president. Is that? Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I don't name him. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you just didn't know me then. So that's why you didn't call it call that dog salt. Yeah, I know, man. I wish I knew you back then. I would have uh I would have named him properly. Yep. Even though I I wasn't the one naming him. What can you do? But anyways. What can you do? Make a time machine time travel. We're good at that. We time travel all the time. We we do? Yeah. I do, at least. I'm pretty sure you do. Maybe you don't re- remember. Maybe the world corrects itself. I don't know the time travel rules in our universe. Whatever. We're going off on a tangent here. I digress. Yeah, we are. But uh, yeah, I think for me, the big thing is I just I just want there to be more consistency. Like I think the Fantastic Mr. Fox, although it was like in stop motion, I don't think it was bad. Like I think it still looked really great because it was the art style and it stayed consistent throughout the entire film. Um, so – I don't know. It it's an interesting one. What what do you think? What's your point on this?
0: I think it's ridiculous to put the Fantastic Mr. Fox in this email? <laughs> I don't know. It's in the in the category that it's in. I feel mm. like the Fantastic Mr. Fox is a specific art style. Yeah. That's kind of like saying that you don't like I don't know. Stop you, motion. I don't know. Well, like anime or something like, oh, well the art styles is not good because it's Yeah. It's, it's it's a different anime animation than I'm used to. I mm. I don't know. I like stop motion. What's wrong with stop motion? I'm, I'm a little confused. Like, that's the beauty of it. The charm of the Fantastic Mr. Fox movie is the fact that it's shot that way. And it mm-hmm. is consistent. So, to follow your own point there, Adrian, mm-hmm. consistency is key. And so yeah. – um, the problem with CG in a lot of movies is that it does break you out of a uh, consistent pattern. So for instance, if you have a live action show like Moon Knight, and you have a bad car chase scene where it's just badly, badly computer graphiced,
1: you know, yeah. Through a free app on, on the app store.
0: Yeah. When, it, when they're with using app. a free app on the, on the app store, cause they ran out of budget or whatever, mm-hmm. that's a problem cause it's a, it's an issue there. But uh, the, my prime example of something that takes me out of it every time I go back to watch it is Spider-Man one. It's a very specific reference, but the the moment where Spider-Man crawls up the the wall in the nighttime in one Mm -hmm. of the scenes, Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man, it is like a PS2 game. It is Mm -hmm. not good. I don't know if you remember this, Adrian, but it's really bad, computer graphics. It's uh, not good, not good at all. I'm taking it that you don't remember this. Based on your silence.
1: I don't know. I, f- I don't remember the last time I watched the original Spider-Man. It's been like probably half a decade, but.
0: Huh. Maybe yeah. back then you didn't pick up on bad CG. Maybe that's what it is. Because I feel like it's it's hard to forget that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those like nostalgia things too, though, right? Like, you know, it was a product of its time. Like it's hard. To...
0: Nope. That no. defeats oh, no. your <laughs> whole argument though. Because you just made that argument that consistency is the only thing that matters. You have a live action toby mcguire you got willem defoe talking in a, a thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner and then a few scenes later he's crawling up a wall and he's literally a, a cg nightmare yeah. so i don't i don't agree with you i feel like it's not a product of its time because those like you can shoot a movie a certain way but if you end up just like it's you scrapped out the window because the cg looks like it's literally if you just went to ps2 graphics midway through an avengers movie i feel like you wouldn't be accepting this
1: definitely not yeah
0: I don't know. I kind of see what you mean, but I, I don't. Yeah. I don't really agree because I agree with you. It's it's all about consistency, like in mm-hmm. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the casino scene.
1: Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, those weird like animal horse looking hybrids that like seem like they're straight out of a uh, like the prequel series. Honestly, like Phantom Menace.
0: Yeah, like I don't agree that that was that bad. That CG, yeah. but it was the inconsistency in that scene that made it the reason why you didn't like it. I would argue, mm. like based on your own argument.
1: Yeah, that's one of my major criticisms of uh, The Last Jedi, honestly. I remember that was like one of my big things that I was just like, ah, God, I really don't like that in that movie. Although the movie's great, I really love The Last Jedi. I think it's a good movie. Yeah.
0: So, the answer is question. I feel like I can't answer the question. Like, if Wes Anderson were to direct a puppet show, yeah, heck yes, I would watch that over a James Cameron movie anyway. There's not really, it has nothing to do with the style. If Wes Anderson made a CG movie, I would also like that better than yeah. Avatar, most likely. It's just the Probably. way he tells the story in a very quirky way. Yeah. And so that's the thing.
1: But I think I think the point of Ken's question is, um, like, how much are you willing to forgive? Like, I, I think at the end of the day, I think story is king. If, if the story is absolutely brilliant, um, I can kind of get past it. I'll still point it out. I'll still be like, ah, I don't like that. But I don't think bad CG has really ever fully ruined a movie for me. I can't really think of it. If the, again, the story that's being told is good enough, I can get past those visual effects. I'll still criticize them. I'll still point them out. But I think at the end of the day, story is king. Um, acting um, in in those movies is, is, is what makes it important. If the delivery is good, if the lines are good, if, if the story is interesting and compelling – and you know the the cg is a little shitty i think i can get past that a lot of the time um all in all so me too i definitely can yeah
0: i'm kind of surprised to hear this from you to be honest but yeah
1: well i mean like again i'm still gonna point it out and i'm still gonna say it looks like shit (laughs) but again if if i like the story enough i think i can get past it cool yeah okay
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i just want to say like i love dogs is the same animation style as the fantastic mr fox
1: oh god yeah i love that fucking movie Ken, have
0: you not seen Isle of dogs it's the same thing it's not like he was trying to you love dogs i don't know i do love dogs and yeah, it's too. an isle like an island of dogs i love dogs it's the name of the movie that wes anderson made mm-hmm. adrian that's what i'm saying i love dogs too thanks for derailing my conversation
1: mm-hmm. anytime man anytime
0: okay great
1: Thanks. But thank you very much, Ken, for writing in. I always appreciate your insight, your questions you ask us. Although I'm still confused why you think Morbius is better than Days of Future Past. You didn't really answer that. You should should message me. Just message me directly. I'm very curious. I want, I want to know the explanation behind it. I love you.
0: So I talked to Ken in person. He doesn't like those X-Men movies. Any of them? Uh, he doesn't like them. Uh, I don't think he likes. He doesn't like X-Men 2. And onward. What he likes the Wolverine movies, the James Mangold, the the Wolverine and Logan. Sorry, his name is James, right? Am I crazy? I just blanked on his name. James Mangold. It's James Mangold, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. the Wolverine and Logan, Logan, et cetera.
1: I didn't know that about Ken. That he didn't like the X Men movies.
0: He doesn't like them. He thinks they're bad. Oh shit, no. For various reasons, but I don't want to. I don't want to butcher his explanation here. So okay,
1: I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna talk to him. Yeah, maybe at Doctor Strange if I don't see him before them.
0: Yeah, maybe you can write into us and tell us why he doesn't like... Just He can just write into us and tell us why he doesn't like Days of Future Past. Yeah. I really liked X-Men 2, to be honest. I thought that was an, like an awesome movie.
1: I like X-2 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well, indeed. I don't know. Speaking of liking things, Simon, what have you been watching?
0: Um well i've watched only things i don't like this week so um really completely ruins your your goddamn segue damn it fuck <laughs> i'm a liar oh, thank God. i'm a liar i watched moon Knight. Oh. that's it pretty much i watched moon, moon Knight. <laughs> i watched some more um our flag means death oh uh which is really good and really funny and uh taika waititi is pretty uh pretty great so far in it and um yeah Pretty, I'm pretty happy about it. That's pretty good. It's going a different different direction than I kind of anticipated. But one show that I, I obviously watched as well. And I'm sure you watched the third episode. Maybe maybe not. But Moon Knight episode three. Yeah. Did you see it as well? I did indeed, Simon. I did indeed. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say. Just I have one thing to say about it, and then I'm going to let you tell me what you watched this week. Okay. And this is it. This show is okay. Oh, and the first two episodes to me were better than the third episode. Interesting. And and the the phrase I would use to describe this show as it is that it's pulling its punches. That's what I would say. Mm. That would be the best thing I can say. There's a bunch of things that I don't love about the third episode, whereas they were not present in the second and the first episode necessarily mm-hmm. as problems. But uh, it would it could maybe feel like nitpicking. But there's just a few things. And it's weird. There's a bunch of things that it, it feels like the detail. Attention to detail is missing in some aspects. And I'm like, why it seems like it was, it was not too difficult to nail some of the parts mm. in that third episode. And there's like, first of all, this is TV 14, which again, I just don't understand why they're doing this. Like make up your mind as to what you're doing on Disney plus. That would mm-hmm. be my, my first thing. Don't say this is a brutal show and then never show any blood when there's a literal knife fight. Cause that's the mm-hmm. bloodiest possible way to fight someone. Seriously. Yeah. Like you have a knife fight. Let's see blood. That's, that's all I'm asking. Or don't have knives. Just throw the knives away. We don't need the knives. It's okay. Yeah. I just don't see the point. It seems pointless. But anyway, and then the other thing is there's this scene. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil anything as we don't spoil anything on this podcast. But there's this one particular scene where it's like, uh, you know, Oscar Isaac's character is constantly switching between characters, etc. But There's this one switching scene that I'm just like, what is going on? Like, Do you not know the rules to your own world? That's the question. Mm-hmm. And I think if you again, if you watch this episode, episode three of Moon Knight, you maybe would ask the same question. Like what? I don't understand. Do you, do, I, 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 it takes place in this chain, like this chain, like this big room, this chamber kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what I'm talking about is yeah, your I know exactly what you're talking about. You can kind of see this. There's problems in the scene, like a, like a large, like, I'm just confused. Like who directed, like, why is this directed this way? And maybe not mm-hmm. why is it directed this way, but why is it like written this way? And it's, uh, I'm, like, kind of worried now because I, I kind of was hesitant after the first two episodes and thinking they're probably not going to end this well because they haven't end, ended, in my opinion, any of the Marvel series in a very good way except for Loki. Mm-hmm. I feel like the other, uh, the other seasons, the other series.
1: What if as well, but I guess I know you don't count what if. I think what If best episodes where it's last two
0: i liked what if overall yeah what if was good but i don't count that because i'm talking about like the live action stuff that's all mm-hmm. gonna leach into each other and i don't think what if as i explained before i feel like all the details of what if that we were gonna require that they're gonna pull into the the greater mcu the greater marvel cinematic universe are going to be explained before that happens that's what I believe will happen. Like, it'll explain it enough that it will... Because those episodes are also incredibly short. So, they're like a little teaser. They're like a little appetizer of what we might get in the re- in the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I think the greatest response... They're almost testing the waters to see what people like about those episodes of What If... So that they can bring that into the live action universe That's what I believe. But live action averse. I like that. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah. So, Moon Knight interesting i like it actually i do like it and i like oscar isaac's performance and i like ethan Hawke. so that's that's my two cents is that it's not bad certainly not bad definitely Mm -hmm. but man there's so much potential that's just missed out on and i just wish they had maybe hired Mm -hmm. someone else to write it i don't know i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe this guy's gonna prove that the this the series is gonna be an amazing ending yeah but uh i don't know that that's true and i and I had red flags when I was going into this because Jeremy Slater, who has written this show and is the showrunner, is specifically not that if you look at his track record, is again not well regarded, except for the one show, The Exorcist show. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. And it it made me question it's like why did you hire him specifically? Like, you have such a is there no one else that's lining up to do Marvel series? I feel mm-hmm. like there's gotta be so many. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. I, I've gone on too long. That's that's gonna be my my two cents. But
1: um yeah, like, uh, yeah. So I'll keep it brief on my like sort of outlook on Moon Knight. I think I, I think I agree with you completely. I think the my sort of summary of this show is missed potential. I think it sets up a lot of cool things. I think this show has a lot of cool ideas, and I think Oscar Isaac's performance in particular is phenomenal. But every time I finish watching an episode, I just want it to be better, and I want it, it, them to explore these specific ideas that they're introducing more. And by the end of the third episode, the one thing that is, I think, glaringly obvious, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, is that six episodes does not seem like it's going to be enough for this show. No, for everything that it's setting up. I just, I don't believe six episodes is going to lead to a satisfying conclusion. And, uh, in my personal opinion, this is probably my least favorite live action Marvel show so far, which is, Whoa. yeah, I um, disagree with that, but okay. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, But uh, I hope to be proven wrong. I hope they stick the landing. I just – I'm not confident they will. And um, again, I'm I'm also just kind of comparing the way I felt to the other live action shows as I was watching it like week to week. Not really thinking about the ending because, again, I, I don't like the ending of pretty much any of the shows except for Loki, like you said. Um, Hawkeye, again in particular, I've soured on more and more um, after we've had like uh, those conversations about it, and we had that closer look at, uh, on it. Where uh, the the ending may again soured me, but as a whole, um, and how I felt watching those episodes, like even you know, like leading up to the ending, I definitely found myself having a more enjoyable time. And uh, yeah, with with Moon Knight, it's it's lacking something, and I can't really put my finger on it. And I think you are right. I think. The writing is just not perfect and I feel like it's not following its own rules that it's set. Um, and I know exactly what you're talking about in that scene um, that you're bringing up. And yeah, again, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this with you in more detail once we inevitably do a closer look once it finishes in the next like three and a bit weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's something about it that I I, I really want to love this show, but I just don't.
0: I, I still like the first two episodes a lot. I just feel like the... The third episode, they kind of painted themselves in not in the little corner, but almost like they, they got confused by their own rules. hmm And that's kind of where I was like confused about it. And that's why again, I've been saying this from the beginning, but I don't think all of the, again all of the Marvel shows they don't end well, but they do a good job keeping you engaged throughout the series. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do like the first two episodes, and I'm curious what you don't like. I guess it's the same thing, but I, I don't know what else you could do better. I just feel like it's gonna, it's teasing. That might be what you're feeling like because you're, you're worried about this idea of the week-to-week problem. So maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is for you is like you're not getting enough, enough of the story. It's not giving you enough. Like You're not getting I, – I think, honestly, if I were to say what your actual issue is, and I'm going to guess, I think you're in the same boat as I am, is that you're anticipating – that this is not going to end well, and this is going to be a waste of your time before it's even happened. Mm. That's kind of what I'm thinking, because in my opinion, the first two episodes are quite good. The third episode had a bunch of things in it that was like, "What is happening?" Like, what? Like I mentioned the knife fight. I mentioned that that one scene that I'm not going to go into specifics on, and and I'm like, and now I'm kind of seeing the seams, and and now I'm really worried about how it's going to end because I feel like mm. it's just going to string us along, and then the ending is going to be like, "Oh, yep, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be." Yeah, that's kind of what I think maybe it's happening to you, too, because I'm kind of curious, like the first two episodes are pretty great. Like, Mm. it's just there's so there's way more mystery that they're creating than there is answers, which is okay for me because I'm used to shows like Lost and The Leftovers and um, Severance that really string you along. But they they do plan on answering the questions like they they plan on paying off. And I just don't think that this way off only because they have not paid off in the other series so -hmm. far, except for Loki. Is yeah. that what's happening for you? I'm curious because like the first two episodes, what was your reasoning again? You didn't like them?
1: Uh, I, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, okay. Listened to the last couple of weeks and I'll explain it. But yeah, there's something about it that that just wasn't clicking with me. I think, I think for the first episode in particular that it just wasn't satisfying. And um, like I, I think I just wanted more. And yeah, I guess like having these like sort of bite-sized pieces week to week. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just subconsciously just like preemptively – not liking the series because i'm worried that i won't have a satisfying conclusion and every episode that i've been watching hasn't satisfied me enough so i don't know Hmm. well i guess we'll find out once the series finishes but like i said i'm excited to kind of dive deep into it once it's all done and we can either tear it apart or be proven wrong and be like wow this show is great this is the greatest marvel thing ever created ever you never know There's nothing in between though.
0: Yeah. We should, we should probably talk about it last as we go on, like for the next four episodes, sorry, three episodes. Like, I feel like I don't think we spoiled it here at all. Um, Mm -hmm. in our, in our vagety and the way we're, we're talking, but I feel like as we go, I feel like we should just kind of leave it now. Sounds good to me.
1: But, uh, I'll keep the next two things that I've wait. Sorry. Moon, that's the only thing you watch, right? Uh, yeah, our flag means death, but I don't
0: have anything else oh, yeah. to say. It was good. Um,
1: well, I'll add on a, uh, like, uh, I'll, I'll mention uh, two other shows that I've, I've watched. I'll keep it brief, uh, for, uh, them, but I've continued to watch Superstore. I'm now nearing the end of season three. And, um, I'll be honest. I'm going to, I'm going to eat my humble pie and say my initial reaction to the show. Although valid at the time. Um, I, I've changed my tune a great deal. I, I really like the show i think this show is hilarious and i think as the show progresses it gets better and better you start falling in love with a lot of these characters they give these side characters from like season one and even like earlier in season two far more screen time i'm talking about like sandra and marcus in particular um and they become very likable and hilarious characters and honestly all throughout it i I look forward to watching it, you know, at, you know, when I'm like sitting down before a meal, or even if I'm like cooking something in my kitchen, I just have it playing in the background because it's like one of those just easy watch it, like easy watching shows. And it's, uh, it's genuinely hilarious. And it's again, very relatable. Uh, you and I both, uh, work in retail uh, and have worked in retail. And so there's a lot of little things where I'm just like, Oh my God, like fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I've dealt with this exact sort of situation, but, I think it's really, really funny. I think the characters are very well written and very well developed. There are still, you know, like I'm not a huge fan of um, like one of the main characters, Amy in particular. I just feel like her character is just very samey to, um, funnily enough, Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I just feel like uh, it's, again, very similar character type and and how they react to situations and i just think amy santiago from brooklyn 99 I, I
0: sorry i don't agree at all other than their names and they're both
1: latina that's it i wasn't even referring to that i just find like the way they react to certain situations and kind of like their perfectionist element their their um are they i don't know I don't know. I find it and like Keener is Amy
0: from Superstore a perfectionist? I don't know. That's true.
1: I don't know. I, I I find the similarities.
0: She's the only one who's competent. Yeah, she's the only one in the show that's that can do her job properly.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I find uh, I find that like similarity quite um, quite prevalent, and I just think it's been done better in other shows. And honestly, the the sort of like love triangle thing or or the love relationship between like the will they won't they between. Um, like the two main characters, again, it's been done in The Office significantly better. It's been done in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, all of that sort of stuff. And I, I just, I don't really care for that element of the series. But I think the antics that go on in every episode, the the way characters interact with one another. Um, Mateo and Cheyenne in particular are probably like my favorite duo um, in, the, in, in the show. And it's, uh, it's really good. It's, it's a really nice watch. And I, I, I truly recommend it. It's, it's a nice feel-good sort of TV series. And uh, I like it. I like it quite a bit. Cool. Yeah. And then the other show that I watched is um, I haven't finished it all. There's six episodes. It's actually on Disney Plus. But it is the How I Met Your Mother spinoff show, How I Met Your Father, Simon, Mm. um, starring Hilary Duff. And uh, this show is not great. I don't i don't really like it now i think this show has gotten better as i've watched these three episodes they're fairly short they're you know like 20 to 30 minutes long every episode um and again i think by the end of the third episode i was like i kind of i'm starting to like and grow on the like grow with like yeah i know these characters are starting to grow on me but i don't think it's as um it's as good as How I Met Your Father, uh, sorry, How I Met Your Mother uh, in particular. And I think where it kind of falls into the trap of trying to do similar things from that show, just not doing it as well. Um, and I don't know, This uh, it, it kind of leaves a lot to be desired is the way I would put it. The pilot episode in particular, it follows a very similar sort of um, plot line of How I Met Your Mother. And I just think How I Met Your Mother did it better. And again, you fall in love with the characters of How I Met Your Mother far quicker. And it's kind of funny because I finished watching, I think, the third episode. I was watching with my girlfriend because both her and I are really big fans of How I Met Your Mother. We finished the third episode and we're both kind of like, ah, like like I'm down to finish the six episodes, but I don't really love it. And then we just decided to put on um, the first few episodes of How I Met Your Mother. And I don't know if it's like that sort of nostalgia playing into it and knowing where the story goes and already knowing the character types and like, and, and, and their personalities. But I think the pilot episode of how I met your mother in particular is, is significantly better than how I met your father's. And um, you kind of, again, the, the characters are far more interesting and they have their hooks in you almost right away. Whereas in this show, they, they seem kind of samey and, and nothing spectacular, but I hope to be proven wrong as, as this show progresses. I know it was renewed uh, for a season two by Hulu. So that's good, I guess, but I don't know. I don't really love it. And I, I don't necessarily recommend it. Um, maybe again, I'll change my tune once I finish it with her, uh, but we'll see. Cool, Yeah, man. And that's it. That's all baby. We're on that's cool. It, that's all. I heard it, I heard it was bad. Yeah. It's not reviewed. Well,
0: everyone I've heard that's watched it or yeah, the re- reviews as well. I, d- I haven't heard anything good about it so far
1: yeah it's um i think it's like a 38 on run 38 on Rotten tomatoes and i don't yeah. think uh, um the audience score is particularly good either uh yeah it's a 38 run tomatoes and then a 54 audience score so i don't think people are really loving it but Again, uh, I think a lot of shows have a, a rough start and then, you know, they find their stride in their second season. I, I would almost make the argument for Superstore for me in particular, although I do think the first season of Superstore is like quite a bit better than How I Met Your Father. But even like uh, shows like Parks and Rec and The Office, you know, a lot of people uh, tend to like point out that that first season is a little bit rough. And then again, once they once the characters find like their stride, it gets better. So, again, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that they'll do the same thing for this show, but. That's uh, more of a wait-and-see type thing. Cool. Yeah, man. Super cool, dude. Should we move on to the news, Adrian? Should we move on to the news? No.
0: (laughs) That's too bad. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that Adrian has deemed the most topical this week. Mm. Number one, as Publication Variety reports, Sonic the Hedgehog 2's opening weekend box office results proved to be a huge success. Meanwhile, director Michael Bay's action film Ambulance opened to a relatively disappointing box office outcome. The Ben Schwartz, Jim Carrey, and Idris Elba starring Sonic 2 movie had a $71 million three-day opening weekend domestically with a global total of $141 million in earnings. Many in the industry are looking at these numbers quite optimistically as a representation for the return of family audiences to theaters post-pandemic. The original Sonic the Hedgehog film adaptation, which launched at the very beginning of 2020, had broken the record for the best box office results from a video game film adaptation. Wow. And Sonic 2 is poised to rebreak that same record. For the weekend of April 9th, superhero vampire movie Morbius came in second place by earning $10.2 million domestically. The Sandra Bullock starring adventure film The Lost City, came in third place, while Michael Bay's Ambulance and Matt Reeves' The Batman came in fourth and fifth place, respectively. Managing to sneak into sixth place, however, was the Michelle Yeoh starring independent multiverse science fiction film Everything Everywhere All at Once. This new indie film, directed by Daniel Shainert and Daniel Kwan, had only been shown in 1,250 theaters domestically, and yet... It still managed to make $6.5 million during the April 9th weekend, which is relatively a fantastic result. Adrian, what do you make of these box office results? Not from the weekend yesterday and mm-hmm. the, the two days, three days before that, but the weekend before because we do launch our episodes on Monday. And yeah. the, the results wouldn't be uh, wouldn't have been out by the time we record this episode of our podcast which is because we record, record on Saturdays. It's true. Um, but you chose the story. I take it just because of the impressive numbers that Sonic had had uh, had launched with for their opening weekend, and the kind of sad numbers that Ambulance launched with. So, what do you make of this? What do you want to
1: um, what do you want to say about that? I find this just like very interesting in general. Like it's kind of cool how well received Sonic is, and how it's kind of breaking that sort of uh, wall of you know but video game sandbarier. movies. Yeah, that sound barrier. Good one. Punny. Um, um, that sound barrier, like The Flash did in the greatest cinematic movie of all time, cinematic no, no, no. scene of all time. He, he broke the time force, Adrian. Oh, whatever. Same thing. Who cares? It's a good movie, though. Um, You went way faster than sound, way faster than light, I'd imagine. Yeah, he went faster than time, Simon that's mm. how he turned it back dude time itself time is a tool but uh i don't know it's kind of cool because again like sonic the hedgehog 2 is doing very well obviously but not only that like critically it's not doing too bad it's 68 percent on rotten tomatoes which is not bad at all realistically it's 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 fresh technically but it's audience score is what's honestly the most genuinely uh impressive uh thing about it and it's at a 97 percent audience score so people are really loving this and Again, I mentioned uh, that I watched the original Sonic movie, Sonic the Hedgehog one, and I thought it was like pretty good. I thought it was a very enjoyable, you know, like family-friendly kids movie that is still appeal that still appeals to adults. Um, And it seems like they're doing it again with Sonic the Hedgehog two. They're making this, you know, they're uh, like they're doubling down on the Sonic universe. They're making a, uh, knuckles series. I think it was with Idris Alba and they're, you know, I think they've already greenlit the third movie. Um, if I recall correctly. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this is a, I think this is a really good thing. And it also kind of makes me happy because the film industry is doing very well again. Like we, I think, uh, from Spider-Man no way home. Um, and then you know the batman uh, shortly thereafter and now with sonic and i'm sure multiverse of madness is going to do very well it's nice to know that the the theater industry is is crushing it again and it feels like we're kind of ba- back at it uh, which is just which is great and i'm really hoping we don't have another fucking lockdown or something like that again with with covid cases on the rise but they're not really telling us what's going on it's the whole fucking rigmarole but uh i think that's really great i'm Annoyed know that Morbius came in second place because I feel like this just enables Sony to keep on making shit fucking Morbius movies. Um, but alas, um, we we were a part of that. So I think, I guess we're kind of... Too, well, I mean, we didn't do the second weekend, right? When did Morbius come out? I don't even remember. doesn't matter. Um, it came out the week before. Yeah. But uh, regardless, we also
0: didn't help Michael Bay very much, did we? No. And Ambulance kind of appealed to me. Most Michael Bay... Films do not. It looked like a pretty fun time, mm-hmm. like a nonstop or like, a, I don't know, in a, like, a you know, uh, yeah. what's a, what's another good movie of a, what's another good movie that's just really a fun time that's just an action film. But um, I feel like John Wick, John Wick. Mm, I think that's just a good movie, though, overall.
1: Two, three, John Wick three.
0: What? They're all the same. <laughs>
1: John Wick 3 is like nonstop action. I feel like that one was just like literally just like two hours of just fucking him killing people. That was a good time.
0: So was John Wick I love 2. Those movies. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So wait, are you equating John Wick movies to Michael Bay movies? No.
1: Uh, well, I guess oh. in, in, in the, in, yeah, I guess technically in terms of just like this nonstop action movie aspect yeah
0: i don't agree because i don't like well, I don't like way movies that much <laughs> i didn't like tmnt i didn't like the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie and i did definitely did not like the transformers movie the first one so i just never ever watched any other of the other transformers movies because mm-hmm. i just found them not necessarily boring but they just i don't know it's like smashy smashy splody splody like i don't
1: really care that much that's good stuff i love smashy, smashy, splody splody so why don't you want to go to ambulance
0: um if it's john wick i mean john wick i think if john wick five comes out
1: four sorry four i guess comes out oh we're going baby we're going day one you know it okay i'm just trying to keep you consistent here bro i don't know i I did want to watch ambulance i just kind of forget forgot um about it honestly even though i mentioned that it was out but i do i i kind of do want to watch ambulance i I think i even mentioned it oh we could have gone we could have gone This last week. Well, why don't you fucking tell Jimmy to message me? Because I
0: didn't want to go. I just told you I don't like Michael Bay movies. (laughs) What do you want from me?
1: I'll go. I want you to tell Jimmy to message me for us to go to a movie you don't want to see. That's literally all I wanted.
0: If you'd wanted to go see it, I'd go see it but I'm not going to go like you know take take time out of my day to message Jamie to message you cuz we don't talk outside this podcast
1: never have never will
0: you know so that we can just go see a movie that I'm not terribly interested in going to see cuz I feel like the next few weeks are going to be kind of busy I'm very interested yeah. in seeing for instance I feel like actually I shouldn't even go over it because you're going to talk about the new releases in the next mm. segment of the show. But uh, I'm very ex- or the well, the last segment of the show. But I'm yeah. very interested to see that Nicolas Cage movie as an example. Yeah, and that's coming up. And then right after that is Doctor Strange. So I feel like it's going to mm. be nonstop movies for the next little bit. There's also the Northman coming out, and so I'm spoiling your entire segment. Yeah, thanks. I apologize, but but it's you know spoiler alert. Let just take a look at the listings audience um but yeah anyways so i would go see michael bay's ambulance if you wanted to go see it but i feel like the next few weeks i don't know if we're gonna have the time now we could go on tuesday night cheap night the thing that i like the best about michael bay's ambulance to be honest is that it's uh jake gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal as they call him
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh mr uh mateen, mateen II. the second yeah which his first name abdul abdul mateen the second
1: yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen. Yeah, yeah. Too, as you said. Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, Abdul Mateen the second, who is amazing in Candyman and is amazing in Watchmen, and I feel like those two together, he's got to be magic. Yeah, like that's probably the reason to go see that movie.
1: It's probably the reason why it's uh, Michael Bay's best rated movie.
0: Yeah, it is his best rated movie. Yeah. And I'm not saying Michael Bay movies are bad in general. I just I'm not terribly interested in them because I feel like the substance is not as is not there enough for me to love them. If that yeah. makes sense. But this one may be different, but I waited for your call and I did not get it. So this is what I'll end this uh, news story on. The, sen- the sentiment I'll end this news story on is everything everywhere all at once. Watch it. Deserves way more viewership. Mm-hmm. If you have the chance to see any of the movies that are in this listing, everything everywhere all at once is the one to go see. Yeah. As long as you are not a child.
1: No, even if you are a child.
0: No. Nope. Go watch it. Nope. No, it's rated R, so don't mm-hmm. do that. I'm not uh it is I'm not yeah. suggesting that they can go see Sonic too, but uh those children, but everything everywhere all at once is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, and I recommend it greatly me too, Simon, me too more than more than many
1: movies that I've ever seen, so more than Morbius are you telling me you liked it more than Morbius Simon more than Morbius more than bius
0: <laughs> more morbius than morbius wow we're really
1: we're really working on our bits live here it was a morbiusly good time it's just Morbin around more than bs yeah yeah it's
0: terrible no no it's not working and i you continued anyway No
1: morbius oh my god or snorbius (laughs) yeah this, this is what
0: people are thinking about this podcast right now have you tried being more interesting it's not my fault you just keep going on with your stupid morbius plans even though there's no way to do what you're trying to do appropriately
1: no gorbius
0: and make it funny what are you doing number two because there was no gore in the movie shh. story number two according to variety the new warner brothers discovery media shh. conglomerate is.
1: see it's rude to shh. it's rude
0: i'm trying to keep you on track you're out of control Am I out of control by reading the story that I prepared?
1: I'm out of control like Morbius in the hit movie Morbius. Yeah, so rude, man. It's unbelievable.
0: Number two, according to Variety, the new Warner Brothers Discovery Media Conglomerate is looking to reinvent their DC entertainment division. The concern, expressed by new CEO David Zaslav, is that the DC films and TV series universes lack the cohesion that Disney has put together with the incredibly well-connected Marvel Cinematic Universe. The DC division's brand and marketing strategies also appear to lack any sort of consistency so far, with Zaslav looking to specifically change this. They also seek to capitalize on recently forgotten tentpole characters like Superman, while leveraging the storyline potential of DC's massive library of more obscure characters. Similarly to how they previously capitalized on Harley Quinn in previous films, or even anti-hero character Peacemaker and director James Gunn's HBO Max Peacemaker TV series starring John Cena. Rumors are swirling that Zaslav is specifically looking to hire a very business oriented Kevin Feige like executive to focus on nurturing the DC cinematic universe into a money printing machine. Kevin Feige, of course, is a much praised executive producer over at Disney Marvel who had a massive hand in building the impressive Marvel cinematic universe that we all know and love today. A massive gloved hand. One might say mm. he can pull that MCU in line with a snap of a finger. Yeah. Adrian, what do you make of this news that they might might somehow decide that DC films and TV series could somehow be cohesive? Isn't that a crazy grand idea? Wow. who I mean, who would have thought? Who
1: would have thunk it? This is actually absolutely fucking nuts, man, because I don't think anyone's ever thought of it since Zaslav uh, showed up. And I think this guy's a fucking genius, man. How do you not think of something like this? This is brilliant. My God. Wait, how do you not think about
0: you? You're getting your own sarcasm and mixed up. You realized you just did that, right? Yeah. How do you not think about something like that? It's just brilliant. So he's not that brilliant because he would have thought about it. Because if he, you know, he'd just be stupid if he didn't. I just confuse myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. My head hurts. How do you not yeah. not think about this? Ever since you, you – I'm just going to point this out. Everything, ever since this episode, you talked about inconsistency in CG. You've been terribly inconsistent in your own opinions. I'm just going to say that for this episode. Well – Have you noticed? I – Have you noticed this? Maybe. Yeah. Or I haven't. I don't know. Like even like to the point where you said it's rude to shush someone and then shushed me while I was reading a story (laughs) that I prepared. Like it's like so ironic for you to tell me that I'm rude while you're shushing me. In a more important part of the show, when we were just making jokes in the previous segment, I feel like mm-hmm. you're a funny guy, man. You're a funny guy.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. You're funny sometimes. Not all the time. So,
0: no, that's, see, Adrian, what I was doing there was called sarcasm. That's how you do sarcasm. I was, that's that's I was, not I was,
1: nice, dude. Oh, geez, I was delivering please. sarcasm.
0: No, no, you're a funny guy. You're I generally, so. generally okay. but uh,
1: Well, you're generally fine at best.
0: Great. Adrian, what do you make of this?
1: I think this is uh, – <laughs> I think this is uh, – Yeah, like I just don't understand how they haven't thought of this prior to this moment. I, 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 We've been preaching this since the inception of this podcast on how inconsistent the DC universe is and that they should definitely hire a Kevin Feige-like executive to focus on nurturing the DC cinematic universe into a money printing machine. We said those exact words on this podcast before, Simon.
0: Well, I, I wrote them here. To- yeah. Just exactly so that we could, you know, capture yeah, that what, sentiment that you've been
1: saying for 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 years now. Yeah, years to come, and years that came already. You know, yes. And I just, I, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of shocked that it took this long for someone at the top to be like, "Yeah, we should probably do this." Now, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm. I like this obviously as an idea. I think this is definitely in the right direction to go, but. I'm curious how they're going to do it. Like, are they going to just do a, like a hard reboot and just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like everything is being rebooted. Let's do it. Because I feel like almost right now they're, they're starting to find their stride with, you know, uh, presumably, you know, like bringing in uh well, not presumably uh, with bringing in Michael Keaton and having like the, the, the flash movie with him. And then also that Batgirl movie with him and, you know, Peacemaker being really great and Peacemaker having a second season and all of that sort of stuff. That's all technically in universe. So, I'm curious how they're going to do this properly and in a way that won't kind of uh, just like stop what's going on. I, I'm I'm curious what the best course of action is. And my worry as well is like, what if they're just like, oh, we got to reboot this um, and we can't, we can only have one Batman. And they either force Matt Reeves's Batman, Bat Reeves, sorry, Batman into like a larger universe, or they're just like, actually, we're not doing that trilogy anymore because we want to, remake it or or do like a larger universe and only have one version of each of these characters it's uh it's an interesting like sort of thought um what do you think man about that aspect
0: so it's actually kind of funny so that that's the thing that came to my mind first for some reason immediately when i read this article i think uh, you sent it to me uh, by proxy you sent it to jimmy our video uh, audio technician and he sent it to me because we don't talk outside this podcast um but when when you sent me the article, my first instinct was, does this mean that Bat Reeves' Bat reeves averse Bat won't mm-hmm. end up being fulfilled? Are they just going to scrap it? It wouldn't make any sense, though, because my brain went, no, 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 money. It's a money printing machine, obviously, to, to have mm-hmm. Matt Reeves' Batman because like as its a, as a, own trilogy because of the fact that, obviously, that movie did very well. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, does that mean they're going to try and pull him into their greater universe, which – Honestly, I don't think that Batman, I don't think it can survive in a, in a universe with Superman. I, I think it's stupid to have a Superman or a Green Lantern or a Flash in the universe that Robert Pattinson's the Batman exists. I think that, that's just, that just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's so grounded in reality in the way that it, that it is, especially in like, there are certain scenes in which he's just seen as this vulnerable human being. Yeah, in, in the way that he fights, and the way that he falls and gets back up, I feel like that aspect it it just doesn't work with the Superman flying around. Mm-hmm. And I, I really hope that they're not silly enough to try and merge the two, because the, the the groundedness is what I really love. It's or not what I really love, but it's something that I really love about that movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's actually that's the thing I'm worried about based on this is that. Is Zaslav just trying to do what we've been asking for a while and that they're going to make at least the DCEU more cohesive? Because mm-hmm. you can just ignore Matt Reeves' as a averse uh, mm-hmm. in the whole situation. If you're just trying to make, you know, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, Zack, St- I guess it doesn't make, really make sense because Zack Snyder's Superman and all that is just going to be gone. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I honestly don't know what they can possibly do now. I know that they can try to soft rebooted as you've constantly teased on our show uh, in that flash movie mm-hmm. by director Andy Muschietti and the guy who attacks people throwing darts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what this means because we, They even like the, in the article I read from variety, they even mentioned specifically like there were, they thought that Superman was sitting, that he was just sitting on a shelf and they weren't u- utilizing mm-hmm. the full fledged version of Superman. And I'm like, I feel like they've made a lot of Superman movies over the years, and like, do you really need another Superman? Like, I know, and they're already making a Superman.
1: Yeah, with uh, is it Michael B. Jordan's like producing thing? No, is it Michael B. Jordan like producing like some sort of Superman movie? I know there's a different director attached, or am I am I mixing some
0: something up? Definitely mixing something up. They're making an HBO Max show with Michael B. Jordan as, um, I think it's Superman's cousin, or oh, okay. And uh, you got T- Tenny Heesey Coates, who's, uh, who's writing a Superman movie um, with J.J. Abrams producing. I don't think they've got a director attached as of now. So okay. that's happening. And that will likely be, be a black Superman, which will be very interesting, a very interesting take, certainly. But is that, is their plan then, so is that going to not be an offshoot? Is that going to be like literally the representation of Superman? Possible. Is that what they're going to go for? That's possible, but also that Superman I'm imagining because if it's a black Superman, they're going to take that character a different direction. Because I feel like making Superman black will have to change the character in Mm -hmm. some fundamental ways. If it's a black Clark Kent, you naturally make a character that is slightly different. Like he's dealing with different issues and that's actually very interesting to me. But does that mean that that's going to be the main Superman in that, that universe? Or does that mean that they're still making an, another offshoot like Matt Reeves is doing with the Bat Reeves averse? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, there's a lot of questions here, and I don't know that anyone has the answers. And I don't think that David Zaslov has maybe taken a close enough look at the, at the amount of content and different universes he's got going on right yeah. now with the CW and like the that, that shows that aren't really the CW shows, but are. You got like uh, Titans, which isn't connected to the CW universe. You got. Oh, yeah, and, that's
1: an, yeah, thing.
0: You got another Batman. You got Michael Keaton's Batman. You got Ben Affleck's Batman appearing in the Flash movie without Robert Pattinson's connection at all. You, <laughs> you have like four Batmans right now, five Batmans maybe running simultaneously.
1: Yeah. Because
0: you got like the dude from Game of Thrones' is Batman. Yeah, he's. What's that guy's name? In the Titans series. Ian Glenn. Yeah. The guy who plays, what's his name in Game of Thrones? He's playing Batman, like an older Batman. Jorah. Yeah, Jorah Mormont. He's playing Batman. And then you got obviously Robert Pattinson, you got Ben Affleck and you got Michael Keaton. And if there's one more, I think. Isn't there wasn't there a Batman cast in the CW yet? Like
1: temporarily? I don't remember, honestly. Well, in the oh, CW actually- they had um what's his name? Oh my god. The the voice actor. Uh like the the, the voice actor that plays Batman and like everything. Kevin Conroy. Yeah, Kevin Conroy was in it in live action. Yeah. And like the um in the cw thing too so right
0: and then you have also um well actually in the gotham knight series apparently batman has died that's what they're saying as the premise for the show god i forgot about that too that's the cw show that's happening (laughs) this is ridiculous yeah it's a little bit too much like how are you gonna how are you gonna rein this in how good luck unless you scrap certain things or you start to bring things into a the other universes that mm-hmm. just won't will, will not make sense they can slowly do it but it would be like a 10-year plan i feel like yeah Or like maybe a five-year plan at the, yeah. at the least
1: it'd be interesting um like on the aspect of like bat reeves averse like if they just decide okay like this is the main universe and they're going to continue moving it forward and instead of bringing in like your traditional superman that flies around and does like crazy shit like that if they go to like its roots like back in the day superman Um, when he was introduced he couldn't fly he could just jump really like high and far so maybe they just have like a nerfed like superman in in that universe and they just they try to make it a little bit more grounded but i think i think it'd be very hard to do that in a in a way that's interesting because right now it seems very grounded and it seems like hey no like this is batman's the guy it's 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 gotham it's dirty and gross and all that sort of stuff i feel like it would be very difficult to effectively i guess like widen that universe there's also the whole like joker universe like i know there was talks about making like a sequel to joker and that's all fucked i don't know it, it's it's interesting i, I wonder if I, I'm really curious to see how this kind of works out and uh, what we're all actually get about that. But yeah, my biggest fear is that they just decide to like cancel the bat Reeves And that would be a goddamn travesty. That
0: doesn't make sense though. Cause the movie yeah. did incredibly well. Money talks like that's the, like as much as you can like point to like studio meddling a many a yeah. time. I mean, when they're studio meddling, it's usually because they're worried about not making money. <laughs> Yeah, like unless they think, oh, we can make more money, so let's bring uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman into the fold, which would be just a terrible mistake. I want that universe to be as isolated as possible. Mm, me too, especially from the CW. <laughs> oh my god! But uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: cool, cool. Yeah, this is, this is actually more nerve wracking than I figured. It's funny when I read the article, I was like, oh, not, not to worry. And then you brought it up again that like, what if they cancel the Brett Reeves verse? What if they bring him in? to the rest of the weird comics universe of all these other random characters. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do and who they're going to hire. And I'm, I'm sure there's people on Twitter that want a specific person hired for this role. (laughs) Oh man. For the executive producer role for all of these movies, although he wouldn't do it because he's a director and he'd rather direct, but can you guess who I'm thinking? Can you guess what's going to be trending on Twitter? And uh, you know, every week from from now until the end of time adrian
1: zach snyder baby restore the snyder verse you know what's Uh, up dude that
0: that trended like the i think the day after we recorded our podcast last week Mm -hmm. so on the sunday i was like how is this still trending again how are these people (laughs) this adamant that they not have lives and and you look at who's actually like you know, trending this on Twitter, and you look at their usernames, and they're all like related to Zack Snyder's characters or the the canon is created with either Sucker Punch or you know Man of Steel, or mm-hmm. it's just crazy. They just love him so much. I've never seen that much fervor on Twitter <laughs> for someone. Yeah. Oh man, which is fine. Like to each their own, but it's like you got too much time on your hands. Maybe I, I don't. I don't know. I uh, I wonder if they'll restore. They won't restore it, right? That, that's not going to happen.
1: Imagine. I would. I would love that. But at the same time, I have no clue. I have no clue. You know who – it's funny.
0: The, the person who is the most vocal against uh, – that I've seen in terms of an executive on Twitter or social media or – not really on Twitter. She doesn't really – I don't think she tweeted. But she had said something in an interview about it. Um, and I was like, hmm, I don't think she likes him very much. Like he doesn't like Zack Snyder very much. But Anne Sarnoff. Mm who was the CEO of, I think it ended up being Warner Brothers. I'm a little confused because yeah. there's also Jason Kalar and I'm not sure his exact, exact role, but he didn't mention anything about Zack Snyder. But anyways, Anne Sornoff had mentioned, she had also talked about Dune and, and almost everything about Warner Brothers, but she specifically mentioned her disdain for the toxicity of the fandom for the DCU Snyderverse.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if you remember this, but.
1: No, I, I don't remember it,
0: yeah. She didn't seem to love them she didn't seem to love that fandom because she got pushed like it got pushed into a corner it was like week after week they just wanted the snyder verse uh restored and they're like fine just get the damn S- the snyder cut released we know it exists <laughs> Zach, are you going to do it and he's like yes and then they did it yeah that's it it's like he he had it ready but it's like I don't think he ever thought he was ever going to be able to do that. If the fans made that happen, which is amazing, and it's pretty crazy that that happened, it's pretty cool. But at the same time, it's a little ridiculous. And yeah. like I feel like they were just kind of annoyed at the end of the day because mm. I, I
1: wonder how well it did
0: on HBO Max when it launched the four hour Snyder cut.
1: But yeah, because it never really released numbers or anything like that, so I don't know. It's yeah, it's- I don't know
0: if that means it did
1: badly or.
0: It they didn't want to talk about it because if they said they did well, then they'd have a reason to keep it going.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like fine line they have to walk.
0: Yeah, because we don't want to deal with these people anymore.
1: <laughs> well, and yeah. you're out. We got Zaslov in. Mr. David Zaslov. He's back and he's going to restore the goddamn Snyderverse. And you know what? You know what? Release the ire cut. <laughs>
0: Adrian, I just realized, you know whose name also starts with a Z and an A? Oh, my God. Zach, Zach, Paul, Zach Snyder, Z, Z- A S. Oh my God, Zach Z- Z- Snyder, the oh Illuminati my- is real. God,
1: holy shit, the Court of Owls
0: is real, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, let's move. Right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> number three, story number three, as reported by tech website The Verge, Amazon is rebranding their free streaming. Speaking of, puke <laughs> noises. <laughs> oh man, Ugh. Amazon is rebranding their free streaming service, IMDb TV, to Amazon FreeVee.
1: Oh, I love that name.
0: <laughs> Amazon FreeVee offers free TV and film content supported by advertisements spliced into the feed. As FreeVee director Ashraf Alkarmi puts it, mm-hmm. quote, Customers are increasingly shifting to streaming ad-supported premium content, and we have developed Freevee to deliver them highly sought content with half the commercials of traditional TV. Our new name clearly communicates who we are, an easy-to-navigate streaming service, available to users for free whenever and wherever they choose to watch some of the greatest original and licensed content available, unquote. Two of Amazon Freebie's more popular shows so far have been the Titus Wolliver starring cop series Bosch Legacy and British spy drama Alex Ryder. Adrian, what do you make of this name change from IMDb TV, which we arguably have never watched ourselves, No. to Amazon
1: Freebie? Simon?
0: Yes, Adrian?
1: I think this name change... Is. is the greatest name change ever to change names. I love it because it's so fucking stupid. I just, I really love it. It's a play on words. It's TV, but instead of the T, they say free because the content's free, baby. And I think this is a brilliant name. It's just ridiculous. It's so, it's so dumb, but I love it so much at the same time. And just yeah. the... Just the idea that you know Amazon's like yeah fuck it let's do it (laughs) it is just so amazing to me. It's almost as miraculous as the Snyder Cut being made. I would argue. Um, It's this uh, name
0: is as miraculous. I don't know about that. (laughs) Some guy like thought. You know what's a good idea? Let's call it freebie.
1: Okay, come on. So stick with me, man. We have TVs, right? Yeah. What if the thing that you're watching on the TV was free? So you call it Freevie. It's like everyone in the boardroom just starts. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is the Jim, greatest name.
0: Jim, you genius.
1: Yeah. That guy's a quadru- quadrillionaire at this point. Just for the name change alone. All that yeah. advertisement.
0: Yeah. Jeff, Be- <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos stood up and he cheered. He's <laughs> yeah. like, Yes. Jimothy, I, you <laughs> genius, you. You fucking brilliant man. You know what? I'm going to give you a billion dollars today.
1: Everyone in the boardroom starts crying because they've just never been in like the presence of such greatness. Such genius.
0: This is the greatest name since Quibby.
1: Yes. Quibby's dead. <laughs> Quibby walked so Freebie could run, baby. Quick bites. Just,
0: <laughs> quick bites. Quick bites.
1: Quick bites. Quick bites. Oh, good times. Uh, good stuff. Anyways, that's it. That's all I got. We can move on.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, You know what? Okay, in all honesty, we made fun of this name. But I honestly think it did need a rebrand, I have to say. IMDb TV is not a good yeah. name because IMDb, you don't think of IMDb as a thing you would find streaming content on, free or, th- free or otherwise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And it just sounded like IMDb TV yeah. was movie trailers. That's what I just figured every time I even heard the name. Yeah. Even though I knew that they had streaming content, I didn't even clue that in. It didn't matter because it just felt like it made no sense. Yeah. So I do actually appreciate that they changed the name. I just think it's a little silly, the name. But uh, yeah, it's a fine name. It's fine. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways. So I'm glad that they yeah. changed it, because I feel like they will get a lot more traction because they, they changed it. But they should have just took Quibi, because I feel like it was it was available. Yeah.
1: But uh, And now people will know that the this, this, this stuff on this service, Simon, stay with me. It's free.
0: Yeah, no. No, I think that, that is a given. They're going to know that. I'll understand that yeah for sure good stuff
1: but uh but in all honestly I, i'm a supporter of any um any you know like streaming service like putting more content out there out there for you know viewers that maybe can't afford um like a monthly subscription you know someone maybe living paycheck to paycheck or just is a little bit more frugal with their money it, it, it doesn't hurt to have these additional like free ad supported streaming services and it's pretty cool because like not only are they doing like a rebrand, but they're also like upping uh, their productions. I think like something along the lines, if I read correctly, it's like 70% increase in like original programming. So th- they're also doing a couple of cool things with it. There's
0: there's also 70% more letters in their name.
1: That's true. Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> the Illuminati is real. Whoa. The Court of Owls exists. Oh, my God. It is. <laughs> holy shit.
0: <laughs> Relax. It's okay. We gotta get through this episode we got lots to go still uh got lots to get through
1: yeah it's peaked so much i peaked twice in the, a row no no any mention of the keep your fluids illuminati just makes me keep your fluids yeah let me drink mm. keep your fluids baby but yeah that's really it
0: this is a good timing though good timing because youtube just announced that they were like launching so many free movies and tv shows to youtube so it's actually interesting mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which we talked about a couple weeks ago.
0: I see the I see the the shift to this like free free streaming happening a little bit more. But anyway, mm-hmm. now let's move on, Adrian. Let's move on. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present some of the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, Anchorman actor Will Farrell. Has been cast alongside Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling in the Barbie movie directed by Ladybird director Greta Gerwig. I
1: am genuinely excited for this movie. Genuinely.
0: Number two, as reported by Variety, Captain Marvel actor Brie Larson has just been cast in director Justin Lin's Fast and Furious
1: 10. She'll be fast tenning her seatbelts. Seatbelt. Just a single seatbelt. I don't know why she'd be using multiple seatbelts as she's sitting in a vehicle wonder if she's going to drive. I wonder who she's related to in the movie. I haven't watched a Fast and Furious movie since the third one, Tokyo Drift. Mm. Number three, as reported by Canadian tech website Mobile
0: Syrup, director Matt Reeves' The Batman will officially launch on streaming service HBO Max in the United States and on streaming service Crave in Canada for April 18th, 2022.
1: Ooh, baby, I can't wait to watch this movie in all of its compressed, crave streaming glory, dude. Number
0: four. As Website Collider reports, creator Larry David has announced that a 12th season of comedy series Curb Your Enthusiasm is officially confirmed to be in development. Wow!
1: 12 seasons. That's a lot of seasons, man. Number
0: five. According to Variety, Back to the Future star Christopher Lloyd and She's All That star Rachel Lee Cook have each been cast in the newly announced family adventure film centered around pop-up costume retailer Spirit Halloween for some reason.
1: Uh yeah. That's a that's a weird one. I feel like I feel like this should have just been like a show. <laughs> and it's just about people that work at a Spirit Halloween every year and every season's just a new Halloween year, just dealing with weirdos. But that's just episodes of Superstore, I guess. I don't know, it's a weird one. I don't get it. Uh, this is an odd choice, but okay.
0: Number six, according to Variety, Adam Project actor Walker Scobell has been cast as 12-year-old demigod Percy Jackson in the Percy Jackson and the Olympians TV series coming to streaming service Disney Plus.
1: Oh, okay, okay, good for this Walker Scobell fella. I have no attachment to Percy Jackson at all.
0: Number seven, according to Deadline, the writer director of the film only Takashi Dosher has been hired on to write the Ghost of Tsushima film adaptation for Sony's PlayStation Studios. John Wick director Chad Stahelski had previously been announced as the director of the project.
1: Um, cool. Uh, Again, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic, I guess, for Ghost of Tsushima movie.
0: Number eight, as Variety reports, HBO's Silicon Valley co creators John Altshuler and David Krinsky are developing a TV series based upon real-life Irish gangster Richie Stevens' Road to Redemption. Actor and author Richie Stevens went from drug trafficking and kidnapping to starring as an actor in popular TV series like NCIS and Criminal Minds. This
1: guy kidnapped people? It's wild. Where are the kids now? Did he, like, sell the... I don't know.
0: No, you can kidnap adults as well.
1: Simon, we've been through this. It's kidnapping. If you're stealing adults... It's uh trafficking people, human trafficking. It's human trafficking,
0: right? I don't think so. I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that's the distinction. <laughs> I feel like you can definitely kidnap. It's uh, something that's not adult napping a kid. That's what we call. Because I mean, then it may just be about kids napping. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. Touche. It's about kids going to sleep midday, about 1 p.m.
1: <laughs>
0: so. If you want to get that literal yeah number nine as variety reports streaming service hbo max has greenlit an eight episode ghost story dead boy detectives tv series based upon the characters created by authors neil gaiman and matt wagner
1: neat o. neat oh
0: number 10 as reported by website collider amazon is working on a tv series based around the great canadian maple syrup heist with the everything everywhere all at once actor jamie lee curtis signed on to produce the project during said maple syrup heist in 2011, approximately $18 million worth of maple syrup was stolen from the National Maple Syrup Reserves in Quebec, Canada.
1: Arguably the biggest heist of, uh, of all
0: time. Uh, no, I don't think so. And that concludes the montage. More big maple syrup montage time. Adrian, tell me, my friend, what do you got? What have you got for Simon
1: now? I got news for Simon. No, you ready? <laughs> oh, I got new releases for Simon. <laughs> I got news uh, for
0: Simon. You got
1: news for me. I got news for Simon. That means you're gay. <laughs> what? Uh, it's from the. Uh, it's I, I, for for reference. I've been referencing a a Law and Order SVU episode with Ice Tea. When uh, there's a guy who's like, I have relationships with women and sex with men. And then I see, he's like, Well, I got news for you. That means you're gay. That's what I've been referencing each week. I mentioned it before.
0: That's a real line. That isn't
1: fake. It's, yeah, it's, I'm, yeah, you should look it up. It's fucking hilarious. It's unbelievable. The guy that even says, like, that, I have relationships with women and sex with men, he looks like a PS2 character. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's a real guy. Just look at it. I know, but he looks like a PlayStation 2 character still, like in real life. I don't know what that means. Just look it up. <laughs> look it up. But um,
0: it is interesting that we you, you're explaining this now at uh, episode 94, because I feel like you've been doing this since episode like 9 of Split Focus.
1: Yeah, I've definitely mentioned it before. But you
0: mentioned uh, it a couple times for yeah. sure but I uh, I always waited for the moment when somebody would write into us and say to say like what are you talking about when I say when you say we got news new releases for you like what are you referencing but that's never happened yet because it just seems like nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> So Adrian <laughs> I ask again what do you
1: got for me I got new releases for you
0: Okay what are they
1: Yeah this is <laughs> So the week of April 18th, to April 24th, Simon, are you ready? I'm going to rapid fire through these, except for when I stop inevitably. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. So again, week of April 18th, the week of April 24th, that's a Monday to a Sunday, baby as per usual. The first movie that's coming out is called White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. It's a Netflix original documentary about the clothing business, Abercrombie and Fitch. Okay. Yeah. You ever buy anything at Abercrombie and Fitch? No. Yeah. Is that still a clothing brand? It says the rise and fall. Or did they I feel like that's still a thing? Maybe not. I remember I... you ever watched the show Sixteen on Telltune? No, oh. I have not. It's a really good show, but they reference Abercrombie and Fitch quite often. It's like these dudes that work in front. Anyways, no, 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 no.
0: I'm pretty sure it still exists. It, like it didn't fall. Maybe it fell in terms of overall market share, but yeah. clothing market share—that's the thing. It's
1: possible. Not as big but, as it uh, used to be. Perhaps. Yeah. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called The Godfather Buck. And it's confirmed by movie inside in the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. Did I say that these movies are coming out on Tuesday, April 19th? I don't know, man. If I didn't, they're coming out on Tuesday, April 19th. Anyways, uh, The Godfather Buck is confirmed by movie inside in the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about two brothers that go on a hunting trip in the woods only to be met by their stepbrother. This begins a chain of events that reveal family secrets and lies uh-oh spaghetti oh speaking of spaghetti simon the next movie coming out is coming out on wednesday april 20th it's called the turning point and it's a netflix original italian crime drama oh my god yeah you're a ridiculous person yeah i am i made a lasagna this past week actually i don't know if i mentioned that I know I made pulled pork, but I also made lasagna.
0: I'm not sure it was important to mention, but yes, you didn't mention it. That's true.
1: It was a really good lasagna, honestly, arguably one of my best, Hmm. if not my best lasagna. Okay. Patience, man. You got to cook that sauce. You cook the sauce for hours. I cooked the sauce for it's like four hours. I was cooking down that tomato sauce. Wow. Getting those flavors to marry. Let me tell you, baby. Are you offering me lasagna? No, it's been eaten, but I'll make you lasagna one day.
0: Yeah, I doubt that. It's so Like you offering me, a I got you those fucking butter tarts. tarts. Uh, didn't
1: I? I got you those butter tarts.
0: Look, man. Look, man. Those butter tarts. I had to, like, I had to, you know, struggle, cry to get those. I, I was joking around. I, I like, I, I, I poked fun at you publicly on the podcast, and then suddenly you brought me butter tarts. You know, I feel like I, I almost feel bad that I poked fun at you because I feel like I just forced you into a corner. I, I mean, you don't owe me butter tarts, but, uh, you know, you're doing it again now. Just, no, I'm just saying, you, didn't again. you just, you just kept offering me butter tarts. Unpro- I'll get you fucking butter tarts, man. Unprovoked. God. And then you never gave me them. It's like, why It's like telling me like, I don't know, you're going to give me a hundred dollars and say, Oh, I'm hundred percent going to give you a hundred dollars. I got to give you a hundred dollars for that. Uh, whatever that thing you did for me. And, and we're like, okay, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. And you're like, I insist, I insist, take the butter tarts. And then you just never give them to me. Now we're talking about a hundred dollars.
1: It's the, the equivalent. Ah, uh, the $100 worth of butter tarts that I am supposed to get you, of course.
0: And then but, you got me ones with raisins.
1: That was the only ones that were... Th-
0: oh, my God. Yes, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm grateful. I appreciated it. I appreciate will get you those goddamn pecan butter tarts. I'm just joking. You don't owe me butter tarts. Stop. Stop this. Don't promise something you can't deliver, first of all. And then second of all, you don't owe me butter tarts. <laughs> I know tarts, what you're so doing stop.
1: here, man. I know what you're doing. Uh, I-
0: Look, I'll take the lasagna.
1: I don't have any lasagna. I gotta make lasagna. again.
0: Well, that's it. Don't don't make me lasagna. That's a lot of effort.
1: Really good lasagna, though.
0: In other words, you don't owe me shit. So just keep the podcast going here. We're we're you know. Did you accept
1: the invitation for my YouTube Premium Family Plan yet? Oh Jesus Christ! No, I did not. Because the invitation ends like tomorrow, so I'm gonna have to resend it to you. Just fucking accept it. I've been mooching off your Disney Plus. This, I got to tell you uh, weekly because I can't. Because we don't talk outside this podcast, just accept it, okay?
0: I guess you're going to have to tell me next week because I need another week to think about it. So are continue f- the movies serious? that are coming out this week. God damn. It. What are the movies? <laughs> so what the re- are the damn movies that are coming
1: out this week, Adrian? Come on. So the rest of the movies are all coming out on Friday, April 22nd, Simon. The first one is a movie called Polar Bear. It's confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer, and this is coming to Disney Plus. It's a documentary about a polar bear teaching her cubs how to survive in the Arctic. Wow. Yeah. Next up is a movie called "The Biggest Little Farm: The Return." It's confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer, and this is another Disney plus documentary about a family trying to turn 200 acres of land to a natural haven for animals.
0: Wow, Times two.
1: Yeah. Wow. Get ready for Wow Times three, baby. The next movie coming out is a movie called "The Seller." This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. This is a video the man huh? E E what? The seller E. Oh.
0: Stop fake laughing and move on. Let's go. Uh,
1: anyway. You're wasting
0: my damn time. Come
1: on. <laughs> Discover my movie. It's on the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie about a... Uh, <laughs> after her daughter vanishes. Yes. Um... Oh, and the, oh, in the cellar. Oh, I was using voice what? text. I was using voice text. After a daughter vanishes in the cellar of their new home after eating a thing <laughs> of celery, a woman must confront an ancient celery to get her daughter back.
0: No, no, no. First of all, that's not what it says. A woman must confront an ancient evil is what you wrote. But you also wrote "and the cellar of their after new her home. daughter vanishes in the cellar as in the person who sold <laughs> their home.
1: Also as vanished, yes.
0: Seller of their new home.
1: I use voice to text. Com- okay.
0: Yeah. No, I can tell. That's obvious.
1: Okay. I'm glad it's obvious. You know what is an obvious, Simon? The cowgirl song. Yeah. What a cowgirl song is, and Simon, I'm about to tell you because this is a movie confirmed by movie insider on the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie, and uh, it's about this this you know like this this father who is wrongly imprisoned, right? And then two wow. sisters, uh, that are the daughters of said father, move in with their retired country singer grandma, and they come up with a plan to make their grandmother go out of retirement to raise money to get their father the defense he deserves. Simon, where, where's the cowgirls song in this? I, I imagine the mother, the grandmother, sings, sings because she was a retired country singer. Oh, sorry, retired country singer.
0: Yeah. Sorry. My mistake. I just, I blanked for that moment there when you said that. Uh, My
1: mistake. And the craziest part, they live on a celery farm as well. (laughs) It's true. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy relationship to that other movie. And that's where the movie, The Celery takes place. Yeah. The Celery. They saved on costs. Yeah. Two movies in the same place.
0: Celery farm also sold by the same seller of that woman's home. It's true. confronted the ancient evil celery. Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. From the previous movie. Ancient evil celery. Com- it's all related. It's all related, Adrian. Dude. It's all the related. Illuminati the Illuminati is real. Is real. <laughs> the Illuminati is real. The Court of Owls exist. Anyways, continue.
1: Uh, the Revolution Generation is up next. Confirm my movie insider and the Apple TV application. This is a video on demand documentary that explores the awakening and empowerment of the largest youth session you
0: sound confused yeah. about your own write-up am i wrong no
1: you're not wrong but i'm gonna continue now <laughs> the
0: largest <laughs> youth session with the word largest for some reason capitalized when all other words are not in this sentence
1: mm-hmm. hmm. i was using voice to text
0: no shit
1: Yeah. Anyways, the next three movies are coming out to theaters, Simon. And the first one is a movie called The Bad Guys, Simon. This is confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters, like I mentioned. And it's a DreamWorks animated adventure about anthropomorphic animals that commit crime. But they suck at it. Yes.
0: it stars Sam Rockwell, I believe.
1: Yeah. And Simon. Yep. Me. This movie's being reviewed incredibly well. It's a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Whoa!
1: Yeah. Wow. It has Sam Rockwell, it has Zaz- zazie Zazy Beats. Oh. It has Aquafina. Oh. It has Mark Maron. Oh. It has Craig Robinson. Ooh. It has Anthony Remote Ramos. Oh. I imagine there's other people in this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, like Richard Iode is also in it. Oh, the dude from uh It Crowd. Yeah, the IT the IT crowd. The It Crowd.
0: Anyway, next movie,
1: the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes, is what I feel every single day. Every time we record this podcast, I'm like, God damn it! I'm mm. so talented, and the weight of this talent is pushing me down, dude. Yeah, you just can't. That's what I say, bring yourself above
0: above water, ground. <laughs> sure. I so feel so bad for you, Adrian. Anyways, this is a movie that's coming out. It's true. And I'm very excited about it. Nicolas he's Cage too. plays Nicolas Cage, a version of Nicolas Cage, and yeah. Pedro Pascal is some weird villain guy.
1: So, Nick Cage is Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal is someone else who's his biggest fan. Who's also some kind of criminal. He's a criminal. According to the trailer. In the underworld. Yeah, it looks great. He's actually a celery trafficker.
0: It looks, yeah. He's a celery, tra- he traffics celery. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah,
1: And adult naps people.
0: I was going to say very young Celery, so he actually kidnaps them.
1: Oh, he kidnaps Celery. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. it looks really good. I'm excited about this. Do do you want to watch uh, this movie on Thursday night or Friday night? Because I also want to watch The Northman, which is the next movie coming out. It's confirmed by Cineplex and theaters. This one looks sick. I I ideally want to watch both these movies this week. We can set up a Thursday-Friday situation. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I work until 8, though, so we'd have to go at the 9 p.m. shows. So I was thinking, I know your girlfriend works an adult job, and she, she, she works early in the mornings. Does she want yes. to watch either of these movies? Because if she wants to watch yes. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, we do that on Friday and then Northman on Thursday.
0: Yeah, that's the one she wants to see. Okay. She has no interest, most likely, in the Northman.
1: Okay, so. so so do we do the Northman on Thursday and then Massive Talent on Friday?
0: I believe so, Adrian. I believe so, but we'll, I'll have to talk about this with... Said girlfriend, and then uh, we'll have to reconvene this conversation outside this podcast.
1: No, 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 no. We don't talk outside this podcast. Never have, never will. You gotta talk. talk- I meant by proxy, obviously. Ah. You,
0: you think me a fool? Yeah, actually, Sorry. I do. Oh, that explains a lot. all right all right, Adrian. That's that's it, right? Is that it for the episodes? Sorry, the the episodes, the
1: the episodes,
0: movies that are coming out this
1: week. It is Simon.
0: <laughs> that's it for the episodes. You've insulted me to no end, and I'm ending this now.
1: This is over. It's, it's, a, it's game over, man. Game over.
0: It ends with 94, so close to, to 100. Yeah, We're going to end this podcast right now. This is the last episode. Just mm-hmm. to, sorry to break it to you, audience. I knew you were looking forward to episode 95, but
1: alas. Adrian blew it. And 95 is going to be the best. Yeah, it's going to be the best episode ever. But because of Adrian, it's not going to yeah. come true. No. Remember when we recorded that one episode, that was literally the best episode we ever recorded, and then it got deleted, so we had to re-record it? That was a really good episode. Yeah, it was. It was. In
0: all honesty, we called it the best episode that was never aired, but uh, yeah. but it was like ever aired, by the way, not just from our podcast, Spill Focus of Film and TV podcast, but from any episode of any podcast ever made.
1: Honestly, man, it would have I, – I, dude, I'm certain about this. We would have been the number one podcast in New Zealand if that episode came out i'm sure yeah
0: but now we have to settle for number two i know and it sucks i know it It does suck it does suck adrian we've gone off track like about on three tangents in the last two minutes so i'm just gonna say here we're not ending this podcast here we're definitely gonna have a 95th episode and it will air on monday just like this episode did Mm -hmm. um this episode 94 did yeah and uh As all episodes have before it, all episodes have aired on Monday, traditionally Mm -hmm. on all of the various streaming platforms that you can find podcasts on, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on. Yes. If you could subscribe to us, audience, I'd very much appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Please do that. If you can review us, audience, I'd very much appreciate it. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Facebook. You can do it on Facebook. Yeah, you can review our page on Facebook. Again, a very a thing that I would very much appreciate because it does help us quite a bit. Adrian, do you have anything else to say to our audience? Do you have anything else to say to me before we wrap this podcast up?
1: I don't know, man. There's, uh... I don't. I actually don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm really just thinking about
0: fluids because you need more fluids based on how much you puked for this episode. That's true, man.
1: Lots well, of puke. Yeah. I hope you have a good bucket. I do. I do. I've just been puking it into my cup and then just drinking it back. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. It's so weird that dogs just like puke out their food and they just eat their fucking own vomit.
0: It is weird. It's also weird that dogs eat their own poo. Yeah. <laughs> it's an evolutionary thing that is quite disgusting.
1: Yeah. You ever try it?
0: Don't let your dogs lick your face, y'all. It's uh, It's got poop on it.
1: Yeah, it's true. You ever try eating it? Your dog's poo?
0: No, did you? What a dumb question is that.
1: Oh, dude. Oh, dude, of course not. That's disgusting.
0: Why'd you ask me if I did?
1: I don't know. I was just curious. Hmm.
0: Okay, Adrian, is that all? Yeah, I think so. All righty then. Thank you, audience, for listening to the 94th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off.
1: It is I signing off, and uh, one thing that I'm certain about is that if there was an evil celery, Batman from the hit movie that's a good movie, Batman v Superman, could take out that evil celery. I'm certain about that. And yeah, Batman v Superman is a good movie. And so is uh, Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, Celery Town. Uh, And also, the Illuminati is real. (laughs) Relax. All right, goodbye. The court of owls is upon us, or whatever you said. I forget what you were saying. <laughs> Are you saying goodbye or not? Goodbye, yeah, take audience. Care, take care, goodbye. Goodbye, sorry, Adrian.
0: Sorry, take care. Goodbye until goodbye, next Simon. week, later. I hope you have a good time. We make lots
1: of lasagna, and I'll talk to you next week. I ain't making lasagna, actually. I got, uh... I don't know what I'm going to cook, actually. It's Easter. It's Easter.
0: The guy promises me lasagna, and then says he's not making lasagna. I didn't promise lasagna.
1: you lasagna. <laughs> what a joker. When did I promise goodbye. you lasagna? Goodbye. I did it.